Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter, my wife Heather and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen. house this morning. We'll get right into it. So good to see you here on a Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Are you well this morning? Four of you are good. Are you well this morning? That's great. There is a, there is a Gatorade on the stage. One of the worship team was very, really putting it in. Come on. Well, hey, I know it's a couple weeks early, but Merry Christmas. Uh, it is a huge honour Uh, to open our Christmas story series. So thank you for that, Pastor Dad and Pastor Mum, wherever you are. Uh, Appreciate that. There you are, Mum. It's going to be a great series. Um, We're going to be, I'm just going to jump straight in for time. We're going to be talking this morning a little bit about the perspective of Mary. Uh, I think Mary uh, is, for many years anyway, was a bit of an unsung hero uh, of the Christmas story because without Mary... There is not really a Christmas story. Uh, And so we're going to come from her perspective this morning. And then I want to encourage you tonight, uh, Dad is coming from the perspective of Joseph. What would Joseph be thinking? Uh, Like like I always say to you guys, I don't see the Bible as like just a thing. It's something that happened, but I do see it as like a bit of a movie. And I'm like, what would the character, the male lead say when his teenage bride is like, hey, so weird thing, pregnant, but nothing happened. Um, So uh, we're going to come from the perspectives. We're going to try and make the Christmas story real. So if you would open your Bibles to Luke 1, Luke 1, starting in verse 26, says this, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. What a great thing to hear. Yeah. Off the rip from an angel. God's with you. You know, Mr. Sir Cheeks is upset about it, but it's good news. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, trying to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. I love it how angels and the angel of the Lord in the Bible always says, Do not be afraid. After moments, that would make you very afraid. Right. <laughs> it's like, I love that. I think God does that with us. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Yes. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Wow, imagine that. Gabriel prophesying over you in your living room, and then Mary asked the most human question that is so relatable. She said, how will this be? Since I'm a virgin. Other translation says, I haven't known a man. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born. We called holy the Son of God. Just pause there for a second. He didn't really answer the question. Like, I don't know about you. I'm someone that loves to know what's going on. And I'm not a female, just in case you're wondering. If I was a female and an angel came to me and said, you're going to conceive... Uh, but you're not going to know a man. And I said, how? And he said, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. I'd be like, is that, what is that? Is that, is that a new fertility thing? Like, what, what does that mean? 
This, this is real. This is, this, is, this, is young, this is her life. Right. And she's probably very confused. Yep. The angel answered her, we'll read again, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. We're going to look at that a bit later. Therefore, the child will be born and will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your relative is Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. This is cool. The angel uses testimony to build Mary's faith. And this, the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Come on, if you, it, maybe, maybe you've had troubles conceiving in this place. What, what a cool start to the Christmas story. A prophecy against barrenness. This is exciting, man. For nothing will be impossible with God. This is so good. And Mary said, and this is what I love. I love the switch. And I love, I was moved to tears this week studying this. I was moved to tears at the boldness of a teenage girl. The faith of a teenage girl. Who replies and says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. There's so many circles and types in this story. Mary says to the angel of God, who's speaking on behalf of God, a similar thing that Jesus says in the garden. Hey, your will. Let it be according to your way. Why don't we pray this morning and then we'll have fun for the next 23 minutes. Father, we thank you this morning for the start of the Christmas season or the start of the Christmas series at KCC. Father, let this not just be a light, fluffy sort of information time, but let us be so captivated and in awe of this season and what happened and what you did. For God, it is real. It is not just stories, but it is reality. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Christmas time. We love it. Last night, I, I, uh, I cooked some roast potatoes and, 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 but really what I want to tell you about is the, is the eye fillet that I cooked. Uh, they were wrapped. And honestly, I think, I think it was the best I've ever cooked. Like it was, it was butter. You might think to yourself, that's a bit arrogant, a little bit, but it was good. And uh, we watched uh, Love Actually, which is a great film, uh, Christmas film, uh, if you're an adult and uh, watch the edited version. Uh, but uh, just so many carols and things. Just really quickly, what's the best Christmas movie? Just yell out a Christmas movie. Okay. Not all at one. Die Hard. It, it, it does count. Elf is obviously a classic. Polar Express. I think a meal watched out the other day. Jim Carrey's Grinch. Important distinction. Very, but what will I wear? Very good. Anything else? Home Alone. Yeah, it's all right. Home Alone 1 or 2. It's a Wonderful Life. Brilliant. Anything else? The holiday, I love it, bro. We watch that the other day. So good. Christmas time uh, for a lot of us is a time of joy, fun, family, dinners, presents, all that sort of thing. But in my digging uh, into the Christmas season, for many people, according to studies by Barnum, the NDIS and the Catholic care community, in our country and in our state, uh, it is not a good time. The highest day for suicides per capita in our state of Queensland is Christmas Eve. And, it, it, and, and the NDIS and the Catholic Care uh, a group believe it is because people's loneliness is held up in a mirror of family and togetherness and joy, sometimes real, sometimes artificial, and people feel alone. I think it is one of the greatest uh, tricks of the enemy in a season that, that, that comes bearing the greatest tidings the greatest news that has ever been newsed. <laughs> that people would take their life. People's depression would go up. There is a 30% increase from December 20 to New Year. 30% increase for domestic violence calls, for abuse, for suicide. 
I believe it is because there is a spiritual significance around the fact that the world sometimes unknowingly is celebrating the birth of its saviour that they haven't even recognised yet. And so what do we do in this season? You know, one of God's names, and I've heard my dad preach on this for years and years and years, is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. What does the angel say to Mary? He says, God is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. You see, I know you probably know this, it's a 9am, but, but this is what separates us from every other faith system, dogma, creed in the world. Is every other system is man desperately trying to attain to an immeasurable uh, statute and constitution and dogma and rule set, trying to appease a far off deity or God. Christianity is the only religion where God came down. God put skin on and went, well, they can't get to me. I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm going to be with people. Emmanuel, God with us. The holiday that celebrates God coming to be with us is the holiday where most people feel the most alone. There's a huge gap here. There's a huge gap here. This is the best news ever. And and you're going to be hearing a lot from our senior leaders and and our staff about outreach and evangelism, not to try and achieve something, but because we hold the best news in the world. And this news was first given to a teenage girl. What what can we grab from this story? I want to give you a couple things that, that stood out to me in this text that we can be encouraged with and challenged by for this Christmas season. Number one. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. No matter what's happened, what has been, what is to come, the Lord is with you. The first thing that the angel says is, hey, God is with you. Once again, there's another full circle moment in Matthew when Jesus, moments before he ascends, says, behold, I am with you. Lo, I am with you, even until the end of the age. God loves to remind his kids that I'm with you. I'm for you. I don't know what your Christmas season holds. For some of you, it's going to be the best ever. For some, it'll be stressful. For some, you've got money to burn. For some, we're going to be, how are we going to get the kids stuff? How are we going to get, every story is different, but no matter your story, your background, your creed, your past, your future, God is with you. This is, and I'm kind of preaching myself, but my biggest encouragement this Christmas season is, God's with me. And every year, the world nicely reminds me that he's with me. Westfield reminds me that he's with me. It's actually a really powerful time. I don't think thousands of people get saved on the Christmas season just because of multi-million dollar Christmas productions in mega churches. although, praise God. I think there's something in the atmosphere. I think there's something in the climate. I think creation groans. But before we can exposit that message well, we've got to remember it. The Lord is with you. Just remind us of God's with me. Whether I am a pastor or a teacher or a mum or a teenage girl in Mesopotamia, God is with me. That's good news, man. Number two, the promise is sometimes peculiar. Let's not, sometimes we try and sanitize and make relevant the Christmas story or even the Bible, really. This is weird. You've got an angel talking about. Reproductive things happening in vague terms. This is odd. And then in a very human way, Mary's like, I haven't known a man. 
this is strange. Like, what was the... I know I always do this joke, but it's because at home when I'm studying, it makes me laugh. I just think of God being like, Gabriel, Jesus, crew, how should we do this? Probably Michael at the back with his axe, like, I've got an idea. Why don't we just send Gabriel to tell her? Yes, thank you, Michael, but what's he going to tell her? That she's going to have a kid. Jesus. But how is she going to have a kid? Because they think in the human terms of reproduction and da, da, da. Just tell her that, just tell her she'll be overshadowed. That'll cover it. <laughs> the Lord's like, I don't have time for this. Gabriel, just do it. Ga- Lord, I don't, Gabriel. <laughs> the promise is odd. Yeah, in my head, they like sort of transform into doves and then, and then they turn back into, it's not biblical, but it's fun. Oh, pigeons. No, pigeons are gross. Like, like, this is odd, man. <laughs> like, the first odd thing that happens is an angel appears to her. She's like, in my head, she's getting water from a well, because she is. She's getting water from a well. It's like, <laughs> Gabriel's standing there, and you just know he's seven foot and ripped. <laughs> and she's like, oh, do not be afraid. He knows what he's doing, you know. <laughs> do not, don't be afraid, though but don't be afraid. <laughs> and she's like, this is wild. Maybe she'd heard stories. Seriously, maybe in the Torah and stuff, maybe she'd heard stories of visitations coming to Moses and coming to Israel and coming to different people. She's like, man, this is crazy. Bless you. The promise that is given is so odd. But God just, he does give weird promises. Remember when he promised that dude, he's like, hey, bear with me. Build a giant boat. Why? Just build it. Hey, sacrifice your son and I'll provide. You're going to defeat the Midianites. Get out of the wine pit. You're going to defeat them. Hey, walk around this building in 40 degree heat seven times. I would have so many questions. What about the archers? Can we use shields? Like, I, I need to know. I need control. I need to, like, what are we doing here? God gives promises that don't make sense, and he does it on purpose. So my question this morning on this point is, is, is what has God said to you that doesn't make sense? Because if it doesn't make sense and it's scary, it's probably God. It's so annoying. Like, God doesn't often tell me, to watch the cricket and eat Nando's. That's me telling me to do that. When I ever hear something that makes me a bit uncomfortable or not that keen or just how is this going to work, it's often God. See, it's an obedience thing. It's a trust thing. Clearly, somehow, somewhere, Mary side questions, which we'll talk about, but somewhere there was a part of her that says, let it be. Let it be. The promise is often peculiar. It's so annoying too, hey, when you've like set yourself on something and Corey Turner comes through and is like, you're going to do this. And you're like, shut up. I don't want to. I just got my pay rise. (laughs) Friend, this this life is but a vapor. Don't don't worry about money. I'm not going to balance myself and say, be smart or all that. Just hear what I'm saying. This life is a vapor. Serving God, loving God, loving your family, that's all that matters. Knowing God and making him known. Please, 
get the good house, get a pool, invite me over to swim, let's all get Teslas, like I'm down, <laughs> but this life is a vapour. And obedience and trust in the Lord is really all that matters. Trust in his word, trust in what he's saying. Number three, I grab from this text, God loves to prophesy over his people. He loves it. Whether he uses an angel or a prophet, he loves it. Listen to how specific it would be. If I was Gabriel, I would have said this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and Jesus will be born. But he, he doesn't say that. He goes into stuff about the child will be born, he'll be called holy, he's the son of God. And then he gives her a reference point with her cousin Elizabeth. And then backwards, if we go back to verse 30, he talks about you found favour with God. You'll conceive in you him. He'll be great. He'll be the most... Son. God loves prophesying over our dry bones. God loves speaking into the areas where we're like, how could this be? He loves it. And I wish when I was feeling down, Gabriel would come into my study and be like, you're going to preach awesome this Sunday. You're going to talk and people are going to be astounded. It's going to be the best sermon that's ever been preached. And obviously I'm being facetious because I know it's going to be awesome. But, just kidding. but it's, 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 about, it's about letting God, we've got to let God prophesy over us through his word, through prayer time, but also through people. Your friend who's constantly like, no, you, you're better than that. I'm calling you up higher. They're not being a nag. They're prophesying over your blind spot. Mary lets Gabriel prophesy over her. Sometimes we're so busy talking, we're so busy asking questions that there's no time for God to speak. And the reason I'm really focusing in on Mary and Gabriel's relationship is because this is the, and dynamic, is this is the start of the Christmas story. And if she did anything different, this is extra biblical, God would have had to use a different route. God didn't force anyone to do anything. He never has, never will. So I firmly believe, due to his nature and, and other typologies in the Bible, Mary could have rejected this. She wasn't held captive. So how beautiful to look and go, the obedience and trust of a teenage girl ushered in the greatest moment in human history. I don't know, it just gets me pumped. We've got to let God prophesy over us. Number four, we can ask God questions. If the keyboarders could join me, that would be amazing. I love how she says, how will this, um, how will this be? Like we talked about, don't know what your Christmas is going to look like. Don't know if there's stress or pain or awkwardness or whatever. But I don't know about you. I often ask the question, how will this be? God speaks. I'm like, how? Can I say, God is okay with your questions. Because what we often do in the West is we bury our questions because we feel unholy for asking them. We repress and we disobey. (laughs) I don't want to bother God. God is okay with your questions. And can I say, he always will answer like the book we've been reading as a staff, How to Pray. He'll give you a a green, an amber, or a red. God is okay with your questions. Mary says, how will this be? I I love telling you guys stories about the things that that God does when when I get to travel a little bit. And I always try, and I hope I succeed, in being pretty honest about my mental state when he's asking me to do those things. Because all that's happening in my brain, really, if you condense it, is how will this be? Or how will this go for me? <laughs> I'm on a plane, I can't escape. He's okay. But can I say, and you would know this, many of you are mature Christians, what's cool is when you see him answer the how will this be time and time again, it's very helpful. 
it really builds your faith. You know, the first time it's like, how will this be? Let's take outreach, for example. You know, that thing that we're not going to shut up about for a whole year. I'm still nervous, but because of what I've seen, I've overcome by the blood of the land, the word of our testimony, because of what I've seen, I know what he wants to do. I'm now just still nervous. But there's things in our life that we haven't seen him fix. There's miracles that haven't come to pass. There's solutions we haven't seen. There's jobs we haven't got. There's kids we haven't had yet. There's, there's situations and things. There's, there's clear diagnoses that we haven't been given from the doctor. It's like, God, how will this be? Can I encourage you in the right heart and the right spirit? He's okay with your question. Long as your heart and posture is, no, I really want, would love to know, Lord. And be okay with his answer. Because I would love it if he emailed me a 20-step plan of what he's going to do. But he always speaks like that. I will overshadow you. So good. How am I paying the bills? I will overshadow you. No, I, I appreciate that, Lord. We've got to trust. What a great season to trust in the Lord all the more. What a great season. I'm almost done. Are you still with me? Yeah. Being overshadowed is the start of revival. I, I was really moved by the verse where it says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And I felt the Lord say, Fred, do you want me to overshadow you? I said, I think so. He's like, I know you want my Holy Spirit on me, do you, but you want me to overshadow you. And I said, Lord, I'm not Caleb. I'm going to need you to explain that to me. What, what do you mean? What does that mean? And he took me to a quote that was in one of my, my uni books by Max Licardo. It says this, Hallowed be your name, Lord. Do whatever it takes to be holy in my life. Take your rightful place on the throne. Exalt yourself, magnify yourself, glorify yourself. You be Lord and I'll be quiet. I felt him say that for that. Like, do you want me to overshadow you? I was like, I think so. So he's like, and this is what he said. I'm just letting you into my, my study at home, right? He said, I don't believe you. I said, oh. Often when I'm putting sermons together, this stuff happens. I'm like, is this about the sermon or me? He's like, what do you think? It's like the sermon. <laughs> he said, pray for me to overshadow you. I said, what? This isn't in my notes, but I just feel to share this with you. Pray to overshadow you. It's like, okay, um, Lord, would you overshadow me? He's like, I don't believe you. I said, Lord, overshadow me. He's like, I don't believe you. So I got on my knees in my study and I felt weird, man, not because I don't ever get on my knees, just because God's ever tell me to pray something to him like that before. I was like, Lord, overshadow me. He's like, I don't believe you. I was like, Lord, overshadow me. He's like, it's not about volume. I'm like, come on. <laughs> but I began to pray from here. I was like, Lord, would, would you overshadow me? Would you overshadow me in my marriage? Would you overshadow me in my ministry? Would you overshadow me in my giving? Would you overshadow me in my humour that can be off? Would you overshadow me in my entertainment? Would you overshadow me in my, in my relationships? Would you overshadow me? And it took like 15 minutes. I know. So long. He said, there it is. He said to me this, what I wrote down, being overshadowed is the start of revival. What a, what a great time. This is what Mary did. She was saying, Lord, I, accept, I surrender. This is what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, I surrender. For your revival plan, use me. Take my body. Take my reputation. You must understand, this is what Mary was inadvertently saying. Take my body. 
Let's get real this morning. Take my reputation. Potentially take my fiance, which didn't happen, but we're gonna hear about that tonight. Lord, I give myself to you. You see, it is gonna be much easier for Jesus to give himself to broken people if as a church we give ourselves to him. This Christmas season, if we say, hey God, as, as Kingdom Culture Church, would you overshadow us? Would you indwell in us? That when we go to that slightly awkward family event where half the family are drinking and they all pay us out for being Christians, Lord, would you overshadow me? Would you give me the words to say? Would you give me the things to speak? This Christmas season, as I'm doing my shopping, as I'm going to Meyer and Universal and there's different stores, even though I should go on Boxing Day because everything will be half the price. Lord, would you give me a word? In the environment, as Westfield is playing worship music, I heard them playing the, 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 um, the song we sung this morning, the Hillsong version, in Westfield North Lakes. As they accidentally set an environment for encounter, would you give me a word? Would you give me something? Just like Mary did, God, I give you my, I give you my awkwardness, I give you my schedule. I want to be used. I'm almost done. Last point, Ben, you can come join me, is you can partner with God in faith. What does Mary say at the end of this passage? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I love the phraseology there. Let it be, not just God, you do your thing. Let it be to me how you want it. That is, that is so challenging to me. A teenage girl in, a, in an environment that often would put women down based on this, 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 and this. She said, let it be in me according to you. Not according to what I want. Let it be in me according to you. I'm so challenged by Mary. I don't pray that heaps. You know what I pray heaps? God, would you do it? God, would you come through? God, send revival. I don't often pray, God, whatever it looks like. If you took everything, let it be in me. According to you, can I tell you, friend, something happens in the heavenlies. Something happens to the heart of God when you say, God, not my will, your will be done. This is extra biblical, but Mary could have said no. Mary could have delayed the arrival of the Saviour. We talked about this in the evangelism sermon the other week. Humans do have the ability and capacity because of how good He is and He's given us free will. We can stay the hand of God. We can tarry the income of revival. And I'm so challenged that this teenage girl had an unexpected house guest. And when she knew it was God, and when she'd asked one or two questions, she was like, let it be. Father, I pray that as a church, when we feel your spirit, when we hear your voice, maybe when we've asked one or two questions, we would say, let it be in me, according to you. Let it be in me according to you. Why don't we stand this morning? Really quickly, quick recap. Number one, the Lord is with you. It's good news if we get the lights, that'll be amazing. Number two, the promise is sometimes peculiar. Be prepared for Him to ask you to do odd things at the shops with your family this Christmas season. God loves to prophesy over us. Be open to a word. Don't just be open to family time, presents and holidays, even though that's important and amazing. Be open to God to speak to you. Ask God questions. Maybe going into 2023, there's some questions that you've been scared to ask God. There's some why didn't this happens that you've repressed. Ask God. What a great season. It's like the end of love, actually. This guy says, hey, because you tell the truth on Christmas. 
It's corny, but maybe there's some things you need to work out with the Lord. It's a great time to do it. He's happy because it's his birthday. Let's be overshadowed and indwelled with the Holy Spirit. It's the beginning of revival. And you can partner with God in faith this Christmas. What I'd like us to do is I'm just going to make sure everyone here knows Jesus. And then if we could do a holy night again, that would be amazing. I think there's just a, it's just a great season. But with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to check in here that you know Jesus. I'm not asking if you go to church. I'm not asking if you've tagged along. I'm, I'm asking, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And if that is you and you're saying, yeah, look, I've, I've, I've walked away or, or, or I used to do this or I've just been at church. I haven't known God. I just want you to give me a quick wave and then put your hand back down if that's you. Count of three, if that's you, just give me a wave. One, two, three. Just give me a wave if that's you. If you're in this place saying, I want to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you've walked away. Give me a couple more moments. Thank you, Lord. Amazing. House of Saints, it's good. What we're going to do now uh, is I'm going to pray for you. Band might build behind me or whatever you've got to do for that arrangement. But I'm just going to pray for you. Um, I want to encourage you to come back tonight and let's hear a bit about uh, the sort of messy situation Joseph finds himself. Uh, it's very unique, the situation, and it's going to be amazing to hear Dad unpack that. So why don't you all put your hands on your heart. I'm going to pray for you, and then we'll, we'll finish off with some, some carols. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we want to be used by you. God, you won't be an unexpected house guest for us because we are expecting you. We're ready for you. And Father, let it be in us according to what you want. Father, please use us this Christmas. God, give us souls. Give us souls. Give us souls. Give us words. If all we can muster is that Jesus loves you at Westfield, let it be. God, whatever you speak to us, we want to be used. We want to be used. Father, would you rid us of all familiarity around this Christmas season? Would we be in awe and reverence that you came down? You came down. You came down to touch a broken and a hurting world. Let us never forget that you coming down is a miracle. God, we love you. Would you use us this December? Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with Him today. When we read Scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus His Son to die in our place, to deal with the sin problem, and He rose again so that we can have eternal life with Him. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. If you're ready to do that and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you. So please contact us at hello at kingdomculturechurch.com.au.